Welcome to Talking Fußball Fantasy, your source for all things official fantasy Bundesliga with player picks as mind-blowing as a Valentino Lazaro scorpion kick, fantasy advice as extensive as the Bundesliga injury list and two pundits aiming for a strong finish in 2020. Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, one and all. My name is James Surrogate. This is Talking Fußball Fantasy Season 4, Match Day 8. And joining me, as ever, this show would never be complete without him. He is the fantasy fußball god known as Flo Reinecke. Flo, uh, based on results, maybe I shouldn't ask, but how how was your international break? Uh, I'm not sure what you're talking about, James, but... <laughs> No, I, I mean, the truth is I, I stopped really caring about the German national teams a few years back. So, I, it, like, it, uh, it's, I don't mind. Uh, I'm, I mean, we're at the point in, in Germany where many people who, are, uh, people who are involved with football don't care about uh, the national team anymore because a lot of stuff that, that happened and it's just... It's not as important as club football. I mean, it's, it, it peaked in 2014. But when you were... I mean, that's something you, you probably don't know about. But when, when you're uh, champion of the world, it's, it's just like... Yeah. It, it leaves a hole behind. And it's, it's, it's like, been there, done that. So... Get on with our lives. Well, one of the good things about the international break, at least, was the fact that we do have a second round of unlimited transfers, a rather unprecedented thing in the Bundesliga fantasy world. Uh, before we delve into how best to make use of those unlimited transfers, I think it's probably worth us taking the chance now to mention uh, that Flo and I actually use the international break to create some exclusive content on the Talking Foosball Patreon account. Uh, if you are a patron already, thank you for your support and enjoy the exclusive content. If you're not a patron yet, here's the pitch. Uh, Talking Foosball has been around since 2012 to provide a platform for those passionate about German football. On our Patreon account, uh, you will get exclusive content that delves into the rich history of football in Germany. And in 2021, there will also be more exclusive fantasy content from Flo and I. We haven't quite figured out how to do it yet. Uh, but what we did during the international break is we uh, maybe cast a, a look at the bigger picture in the Bundesliga fantasy world. How can you best make use of your time between now and the winter break? Which teams to pick? Which players to pick? Uh, and I think at that point, I would highly recommend you go and give the episode a listen. You can become a patron for as little as three euros a month. And any support is greatly appreciated by everyone involved in the Talking Fußball show. Uh, you are the fans uh, and you are what make the show what it is. And on that note, let's get our teeth stuck into some listener questions starting with one from at Bezzy underscore BD. With unlimited funds, he says, Flo, uh, which players are most important for the midfield options with the upcoming round of matches? For me, midfield is the hardest position to really get a good grip on um, because many of the high-priced options have tougher matchups and also are not playing on Saturday afternoon. So all... Dortmund and Leipzig midfielders, you can't capitalize on knowing the starting lineup before you have to make your transfers uh, for these two clubs. And, and that's definitely something um, I don't feel comfortable with. Um, but uh, saying that, we know the Bayern lineup and I'm definitely will try to capitalize on that and first name on my list would be Leroy Sané if he's in the starting lineup. Um, 
he's definitely uh, interesting. And the best value probably is Florian Wurz of Bayer Leverkusen uh, and Matteo Klimovic of Stuttgart. Both of these are really, really cheap and uh, can perform well, especially Wurz, who seems to yeah, come on a bit in, in recent games. And um, the fourth guy I want to throw out is Vincenzo Grifo of Freiburg because He's he's a guy not playing on Saturday afternoon on but on Sunday I think he's pretty locked to return to the starting lineup after being on the bench but that was a game at Leipzig which is a whole different matter than playing a home game against Mainz so these these four are the first I think about and I feel pretty safe with yeah, I think that's fair enough. I mean, we did use that Patreon episode to discuss how to kind of navigate things between now and the winter break. I actually probably should have mentioned that when I was talking about the episode earlier, but hey, I'll do it now instead. And we did talk about some of the players and the teams that you could look to from now until the winter break as well in terms of just their fixtures, but um, also who's in form, how they're steering clear of injuries and whatnot. And Leroy Sane was a name that uh, topped the list for both Flo and I in that episode. And that is it. The luxury of having unlimited transfers for a second time is something that we're not quite used to having in uh, the space of just one first half of the season. Normally, it's one unlimited transfers, get yourself through to the winter break, and then maybe, uh, oh no, in fairness, every time we've had unlimited transfers during the winter break to work with as well. And now on this match day eight, we've got a Saturday where we get five fixtures uh, with the starting lineups confirmed for us, which makes life so much easier. But that is the thing flow. Uh, midfielders seem to be a big talking point because our next next question is from at Gerald Yu uh, and he's looking or she is looking uh, for a one solid midfielder that isn't playing in that early Saturday slot the flexibility here is key this weekend Flo um, they say they're currently going with Sabitzer will he take set pieces or will Nkunku is first question he says otherwise which one midfielder from the remaining games would you recommend for coverage I would go with Vincenzo Grief or uh, Freiburg because I feel uh, he he's set to start. That that's true for Sabitzer as well, I guess. Um, but Grifo, I think, although it sounds funny, I think has a bigger upside uh, than Sabitzer because Sabitzer will play in a more defensive mu- uh, role. And in Kunku and Olmo, I'm, I'm just not sure a hundred percent that they'll play and. Doesn't matter if I choose Olmo or Nkunku. Um, both of these guys can end up on the bench. And I don't have a clear feeling uh, who's going to start. And they're playing at Frankfurt, which isn't the easiest fixture to begin with. So I personally lean towards Grifo there at home against Mainz. Uh, like that pretty much. And they're traveling to Augsburg uh, next week. And I'm, I'm, I don't mind that as well. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think Grifo, given Freiburg's fixture list, uh, not just in the coming weeks, but from now until the end of the winter break, uh, I do think uh, Grifo should be on everyone's radars. And that's even though we, I mean, he's had some good games. He's been involved in goals, but we haven't had this like breakout big performance from him in the fantasy world yet. Uh, you do think, though, um, a home game against Mainz could be the time to do that for Vincenzo, uh, who, if I'm not mistaken, uh, scored whilst on international duty as well during the international break. So uh, that's a good thing for fantasy owners if he's keeping his purple patch going. Uh, let's move on to the next question, because this was an interesting one, Flo, uh, for me. It's from 
at time to naught bremser, which firstly is a brilliant Twitter handle. It just has to be said. Um, but they ask, would it make sense to have a Bayern or Dortmund rotation asset? Say someone like Saar or Hernandez or Royce or Brandt. What's your feelings on this? Totally fine with Bayern because we know the lineup and. I wouldn't do. I wouldn't try that with Dortmund. Although I'm not sure that Royce could be called a rotation asset, but I actually uh, expect Royce to be in the starting lineup uh, at Berlin. But uh, yeah, it's it's similar to the discussion we had about the Leipzig midfield. It's just it, it could it can be tough to decide which Dortmund midfielder to, to go to uh, and Brandt is not on my list. And uh, yeah, I, I, I would use the advantage we get on knowing the Bayern starting lineup and plan accordingly. Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment. I mean, I don't know, I don't know whether this was a question aimed just at this weekend or whether it was a longer term one, but let me just throw my two cents in because I was listening to Julian Nagelsmann's press conference today and he is, uh, let's say, quite concerned about the not just the congested fixture list that Leipzig have had to deal with in this first half of the season and until the winter break, but also the fact that the winter break is going to be a lot shorter. And that got me thinking that further down the line, you know, we're seeing lots of rotation already, but we may actually see even more further down the line when things get even harder and these yeah. players really start to get a bit leggy because they haven't been able to uh, rest and recuperate the same way they are used to here in Germany. And I just wondered then whether, you know, bringing someone like Saar in, who, yes, may get rotated in for Pavar every now and again, but the problem is, you're looking at Pavar probably getting two out of three games and Saar only getting one out of three. And while that one out of three, as flow proved in recent weeks, could actually be a huge differential, the two and three method is always going to work better. So I'd say between now and the winter break, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be that attracted to rotation assets. But maybe after the winter break, I might reconsider that because I do think we're going to see some hefty amounts of rotation. Um throughout it all. And so, yeah, that could be an interesting one to see. Okay, uh, let's move on to the next listener question. It's from at Demon2600. He says, and again, midfielders, a big big topic of conversation flow. Uh, they say, please rate these midfielders from the best to the worst. Unkunku, Stindl, Grifo, Brekolo, Sane, Klimovic. He says, I like them all and really want to have the first five mentioned in my team, but seems like I can't afford it and will need to bring in Klimovic if he starts instead of one of them. I, I rank them and I always have the price tag in mind. Uh, I, I I think that's the more useful approach and Klimovic is making the cut uh, easily there. Uh, I'm going with Zane, Stindl, Klimovic, Grifo, Brekalo and then Kunku. You know, the problem with Nkunku is just the uncertainty of playing time and you, you said that before we can expect heavy rotation out of Leipzig going forward and the position where they can rotate the best is probably the position that Nkunku plays. Although with Wang, uh, one player uh, had a positive uh, COVID test, so he is no, uh, not uh, not able to play on the weekend. So that's one less player that can, can play there, but still a lot of to choose uh, for Nagelsmann. And that's why Nkunku is, uh, wouldn't make the cut for me in, in, in this case. Oh, very interesting. Very interesting. I agree. I mean, it, yeah, Leipzig, 
midfielders are a minefield right now. And that's even though we've had, I think it's a Conrad Limer has been ruled out until the end of the, the first half or the winter break at least. So at least until uh, the end of 2020. But even still, like the, the, the plethora of options that Nagelsmann has at his disposal does make life difficult for us. Okay, let's move on uh, to the next, and I say set of listener questions here from at Addy underscore Balaram. Number one, Kramrich, Cruiser or Cunha flow. Who are you thinking? Uh, that's a tough decision. I'm torn. I'm torn between Cruz and and Kramaric. I'm throwing out Cunha. Um, <laughs> the pain. matchup against Dortmund isn't the best, and he traveled to Brazil for the uh, play with the U23 there. That's definitely an issue. So between Kramaric and Cruz, I'm leaning Cruz um, just because of the. Huge list of players not available uh, to Hoffenheim because of Corona and other injuries. And I'm not sure how how good they will play on Saturday, but it's very, very close. If if I feel good about the squad that Hoffenheim can field, so we're recording on Thursday, is like two days out. There could be some returning to the squad and that that will make uh, a better quality squad against Stuttgart. But for now, I lean Cruiser, but it's very, very close. Well, I, I would agree with you there. I I have Cunha, uh, excuse me, I have Cruiser in my lineup right now. Uh, my, my kind of tentative approach to this fantasy game. I have created a lineup for this weekend and Cruiser is in there. Kramrich, I think, yeah, we're, we're worried about Hoffenheim. They had an appeal today actually turned down by uh, the DFL to have the game postponed um, against Stuttgart because of all these coronavirus cases. We're up to seven now with them. But as Flo says, um, you never know. If they can get a couple of negative tests under their belt between now and kickoff, they could still feature. Um, and that's it. With Cunha... Hertha have five standalone, excuse me, four standalone fixtures in the six games between now and the winter break. But the problem is their fixture list is terrible. And I'd like Cunha because everything seems to run through him. But their fixtures really are bad. You mentioned the fact that it's Dortmund this weekend, then away to Leverkusen, then at home against Union, then Gladbach. I mean, those four games are not four that I really want to invest in personally if you're looking at this Hertha team. Um, and so that's my problem with Cunha. And then, yeah, you kind of, you do end up with the Kramerich Cruiser debate and Cruiser edges it purely because Union seem a little more stable than Hoffenheim right now. Okay. Second part of Addy's question, uh, also about strikers flow. He says, I'm considering Hurler as a cheap striker option. Is this too crazy a gamble? No, not, not for my taste. Um, although I probably would prefer Gonzalez of Stuttgart in this price price range. But if you want the standalone fixture with Freiburg at home against Mainz, I think Höhler is fine. And if you spend one million more, you get Peterson. I think Höhler probably has a better baseline, but Peterson is more likely to score a brace or a hat-trick. That I, I probably, like, we're, we're not going to see that from, from Höhler probably. It's just he needs too many chances to make that happen. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think for a one and done, he certainly wouldn't do any harm this weekend. But I do agree with Flo when I when we say that Gonzalez is maybe the better option in that price range right now. Uh, another player question specifically, Flo, is Sessegnon of Hoffenheim a good option if he starts? Yeah, maybe, but um, we haven't seen that uh, so far. And... I personally want to see it um, before I get him, uh, I think, with Sessignon because he's not as so cheap that I can, that I think, well, if he's not performing, so what? 
So he's he's around ten, uh, nine million, uh, I think, um, and that's just too much for me uh, with a player who hasn't shown that he's performing. And I'm like, Hoffenheim is a big, big unknown this match day because of all the stuff going on in the club, and I might decide to shy away completely uh, of Hoffenheim players. And we like that would lead us to to go with Stuttgart players, and they have a lot of good choices. But they're playing at home against Bayern next week. That's definitely something to keep in mind. Yeah, it's a shame because Hoffenheim have Mainz away from home next week, and then Augsburg at home. And you're thinking, right, it'd be a great time to invest in them. And so there's a you know there's a chance a player like Sessegnon could could be a big differential um, and could make a big impact. What I would say is that he has not looked that convincing when he has been featuring in the Bundesliga right now. And he's had uh, you know he had a spell at left centre back as well after uh, an injury and a sending off um, in a game a couple of weeks ago. And that was just a baffling situation. But he hasn't quite made the impact. I expect them to, and I think what we're seeing is a sign of a young player that's come across to a new country that is going to take a bit of time to settle, especially in a club like Hoffenheim, who have a, such a distinct style of play that it does take a bit of time to adapt to it. But you never know. Things could be worse uh, for Mr. Ryan Sessegnon. Um, next question is from at rookie underscore CR. He asked for the best goalkeeper pairing going forward. And... Instead of answering this here, this is maybe a good chance for us to, again, plug our Patreon-exclusive content. Flo and I did an episode, uh, Inside Insights, uh, Talking Fußball Fantasy, where we looked at how things might pan out and how we could maybe give you guys some advice from between now until the winter break. So six games to go between then. One of those things that we did give advice on was the best goalkeeper pairing. But purely to give the Patreon a bit of exclusive uh, exclusivity, we will leave that on there and say that you will have to become a patron in order to hear what the best goalkeeper pairing going forward between now and the winter break is for the next six days. And I'll be honest, there's a couple of options out there that were listed in that episode. But instead, what we'll do is close part one on a final question from at official DNL Flo and I big fans of this Twitter account uh, and they say hello James and Flo what's your opinion on Sane's winning goal points in match day 7 does he deserve it based on the goal scoring rules now to explain the controversy behind this a little bit uh, so Robert Lewandowski in the Classica against Borussia Dortmund made it 2-1 to Bayern Leroy Sane made it 3-1 and of course Dortmund then made it 3-2 later on now you could make the argument that Lewandowski should get the winning goal point because it was his goal that put Bayern ahead at 2-1 and they didn't lose that lead but of course in a 3-2 result Sane is the player that was given the winning goal point the problem here Flo is there's been a little bit of inconsistency because that same weekend, Wout Weghorst uh, did not, against Hoffenheim, get the winning goal point despite scoring the second in a 2-1 win to make it 2-0. So really? where are you at with this whole debate? Yeah, because it's the, the consistency, I think, that's the problem here. Okay. If we had it one way or the other, it'd make life a lot easier. You're sure with Weghorst? I checked with Weghorst. I double-checked. And if I'm not mistaken, official DNL listed a couple of other examples as well. There was one from Bailey. There was Baumgartlinger in there, I think, in the mix. And it just seems to be the fact that the Sane rule, for me, yeah. made sense. Yeah. Right? Yes, it would be, in an ideal world, we'd give it to Lewandowski because he made it 2-1. But how can a goal that makes it 2-1 be the winning goal in a 3-2 win? It just doesn't make sense. Yeah. But the problem is there's no consistency. So Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I pass that on. And it it should be, or that's the answer I got, that 
the the last goal which is necessary for the win is counted as a winning goal but if that's not implemented with all games yeah i i have to pass that on that's definitely okay. should well, shouldn't shouldn't be the case it's my it's clear if sane gets the the point for winning goal then vejos has to get the point as well does um who 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 scored the first goal oh renato stefan Actually, I did, yeah, that's a good point. I didn't check whether Stefan got it, but I did check that Vekos didn't. Yeah, yeah, um, Stefan got this is it. it. So, and I mean, Stefan, Stefan's goal was definitely the... You're sure? It's that Stefan didn't score the second goal. No, I promise. Stefan made it 1-0, Vekos made it 2-0, and then uh, it was it was uh, Damian made it 2-1 late on. I thought I thought Vekos got his winning goal point taken away for missing a penalty, but he gets enough minus points for that already. It would be a bit unfair punishment, um, yeah. to be honest. But so official DNL, I think I know I've seen you tweeting out to people like Alex Chaffer. I know you've been tweeting out to the official Bundesliga EN account. Flo will try and get to the bottom of this, I think, for you, yeah. which is probably what you wanted to hear. Um, so we will leave it there for part one of Talking Foosball Fantasy. Part two, we've got a fair few fixtures to get through. Nine, as always, so join us again then. Welcome back to part two of Talking Fußball Fantasy. Time to get into the fixture list. And as we mentioned earlier, no Friday night game, uh, which is a bit of a bummer. But what it does mean is that we get the the plethora of options at our disposal of having five early Saturday kickoffs that we will know the team sheets for. And we will start with Bremen against Bayern. Now, this will be the 109th Bundesliga meeting between Bremen and Bayern, with Werder's last win dating back to 2008. Uh, meanwhile, Lewandowski, it's worth noting that he has scored two more goals this season than the entire Bremen side. Sorry, Flo. Uh, just had to get that out there. Um, are we expecting anything but a convincing Bayern win here? Unfortunately not. And I'm, I'm going to work, but I choose not to cover this game. <laughs> I don't want to. Not strong it's enough. If I have to say professionally how great Bayern did, like have this six nil or whatever they they're going to do, it's just I don't want to do it. I, I'd rather do like Gladbach Augsburg instead or stuff like that. I'm, I actually don't know which game I got, but uh, not Bayern against Bremen for sure. As long as long as you avoid that emotional turmoil, yeah. I don't know. I, I I don't know. I feel like you guys could make life a little bit more difficult for them than you have at times in recent seasons. But maybe that's just the optimist in me. Well, yeah. Last time we met, we should have gotten something out of Definitely. it. But if you remember correctly, it was a missed red card for for Davis uh, when the game was on, uh, still yeah uh, goalless. And yeah, it's just funny how. Sometimes uh, the ref just doesn't see the stuff that's going on with Bayern. But <laughs> yeah, it's funny how. Yeah, you you can you can ask in Italy how Juve is treated or <laughs> Madrid is treated in Spain. That's very just, true. Yeah, the big the big clubs have some kind of weight to throw around. It's just how it is. It is indeed. It is indeed. Um, then let's just focus on the fancy side of things. Who are you picking from this game? I'm assuming it's a Bayern player. Yeah, it's Leroy Sané. I mean, Lewandowski, of course, we don't have to talk about it. It's just, uh, it's a must and, and a small aside. Lewandowski is the reason that I'm not necessarily um, trying to get a striker that's not playing Saturday afternoon. Because I feel so comfortable with Lewandowski and him 
having a score that you're not changing your star man anyway, even if you have like a Max Cruz on Sunday, you're not putting him in as your star man because I can't see Lewandowski getting anything less than yeah, 10 points. Is, is like the least I can imagine for him without him getting injured or, or so. Or not playing, but I don't expect that. So uh, that's the reason why uh, I think you can get away with having three strikers starting uh, Saturday afternoon. Um, my my pick is Leroy Sané. Uh, he he's pretty good, and he's the only midfielder who averages double digit points um, in the fantasy game every time he plays. So that's a compelling argument, and uh, he's involved in a lot of shots. Problem with him is that he's unlikely to play 90 minutes. I think you just have to settle for less, but he's he's highly likely to be involved in at least one goal here. Yeah, I would say so as well. It was a nice, I mean, okay, yes, Germany getting spanked 6-0 by Spain was enjoyable to watch as an Englishman. Um, but seeing Leroy Sane come off early in that game as well was also quite pleasing as a Bundesliga fantasy manager because yeah he's a high very high on the shopping list this weekend and for good reason as well okay let's move on Gladbach against Augsburg now uh, Gladbach captain Lars Stindl is the club's top scorer this season all four of his Bundesliga goals in the current campaign have been scored away from home though uh, and so I'll start here with a listener question, Flo at Stick or Twist BL says, Are there any Gladbach players we should bring in with Hoffman out? The strikers are always options, but is Ben Zabini safe to start? And could Lazaro or Wolf be an option? And he then replied to this saying, I've also seen that player has COVID as well. Fancy Turam or Embolo for a punt. So where are we at here? Um, I think Wolf is viable at 9.3 million, but... Uh, if you can make it work, I like Stindl better for 13 million. And I don't want to double up on Gladbach midfielder, so I, I, I'd leave at Stindl probably. But if I, like, for some reason, like my team much better if I spend 3.7 million less at that position. I think Wolf, is, if he starts, is interesting. Um, and Lazaro, uh, you can definitely also think about if he's in a starting lineup. Up front, player was like, he, he would have made my squad yeah. <laughs> in a very high likelihood of that. So it's it's a bummer um, that he tested positive. I, I hope he's feeling well and can be back uh, soon. And uh, from the likes of Turam or Mbolo, I probably lean Mbolo because I think he's more likely to get that central striker role that usually is. Uh, where uh, player plays, and that's why why I'd go with Zambolo if you want to punt there. I think it's risky, uh, but it definitely can pay off if if things are clicking with Gladbach. I just think the missing of of player could be uh, have could have a bigger impact on the whole play of Gladbach than we might think. But Zambolo is eleven point one million, so he's actually quite cheap for a striker of a pretty good team. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the the player one that was in, interesting. That you know, not not to give too much weight, but on our Patreon talk, I think I asked you for your, your kind of ideal front three at the time of recording. And if I'm not mistaken, it was Lewandowski, Player, and Alario because you had discussed this idea of having three strikers from the early kickoffs on Saturday. If players out, who comes in then? Is I guess my follow up question, Flo. 
I haven't figured that out. Um, Ambolo is is definitely making the list. We, I, I have to see how how my budget works. That's that's definitely one one important uh, thing to keep in mind. I'm not ruling out doubling up on Bayern strikers if I can make it work. So uh, apart from Lewandowski, maybe bring in Nabri or Müller. Could could definitely be uh, a way to go. And then we talked about Max Kruse um, and Kramaric already. So these two are also on my list. But I think that's okay. the end of the list. Well, I'll be I'm very intrigued. Maybe oh. Patrick Schick. If, uh, I mean, Alario was away with um, the international, um, with Argentina. So maybe Schick starts at Bielefeld. We know that before we have to confirm our, our transfers. He, he'd definitely be a, a, a good differential pick. If you think that Leverkusen can keep it rolling at, at Bielefeld. Yeah, no, I, you know what? That's a very good list. I'm very intrigued to see what happens. And I have to say, I, I when when you first said this, oh, I'll go with three strikers from Saturday 3.30, I kind of balked at the idea. I'm, I'm coming around to it a little bit more, providing I can ensure I have flexibility on match day nine. I think that's my key. Um, but okay, let's move on before we get too bogged down in this fixture list. On to the next match, which is Hoffenheim against Stuttgart. We've mentioned Hoffenheim uh, and their plethora of uh, coronavirus positive cases. Uh, we do wish everyone well. But one of those that's returning uh, from a COVID-19 test is Andre Kramrich. Um, now, he's only played three of Hoffenheim's seven Bundesliga games this season, yet he's still scored over half of their goals in the league. Since the Croatian forward has been absent, Hoffenheim have only picked up one point from five games. They're hoping he can turn things around. But where are you looking in terms of players to invest in for this game flow? Yeah, I would love to. Uh, like, I definitely have some Stuttgart exposure because they have, like, Klimovic, if he's starting, he's probably in my, in my team because it's just 1.4 million. And... I wouldn't have, I wouldn't feel it necessary to sell him next week for the match against Bayern. Because I feel like if he's not doing well for 1.4 million, who cares? I've got four other premium midfielders who can carry the load on that match day. So uh, Klimovic, if he's in the squad, I think his upside is so enormous for his price tag that I can't see me not choosing him, actually. Um, depending how pricing works out. Um, but uh, I think he's the first to go to. And Bona Sosa is one of the best value defenders for 4 million. I'm just not sure if it's a bit too rich for me to double up on Stuttgart. And on the Hoffenheim side, the only real player I'm interested in is Andrei Kramaric. If not, like, we don't know what the lineup will look like. Uh, for Hoffenheim, if we've got some of the really cheap guys starting for Hoffenheim uh, in an attacking role, I might rethink my stance on Hoffenheim just because based on the value um, we got there. But but I'm not sure who, who that could be, actually, um, as a pretty good value. Like a brunette for 2.4 million um, but I'm not sure if he, like, he might be one of the guys who has Corona. So I'm, uh, let me check the list here. <laughs> the list of seven. No, no, he's he's not on there. So yeah, no, that's what I was thinking that yeah. like someone like you know Jakob Brun Larsen, but I think he is one of the ones actually uh, that has come down with it, or someone like that coming out of the woodworks as a differential. Yeah. Brun, La Brun Larsen got yeah, it, but Brunette is not. So if Brunette is then starting now. 
Adamian has it too. Yeah, because yeah. he would have been a great differential, I thought. Yeah, it's it's a it's a very weird one, but this is the type of thing I think we expected at some point this season to have to navigate. Um, and with Hoffenheim, I guess it's good because they were kind of we were talking them up as a as a one man fantasy team or maybe two man if you include Kadarabek as well in there. Yeah. But maybe yeah, the, this the 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 smallest headache for fantasy owners right now was the fact that this hit Hoffenheim. Yeah. Um, but I like I like your player picks. Yep, but but just after the quick uh, uh, quick check, so Joshua Brennett for two point four million um, attacking minded wing back. If he's in a starting lineup, which is not expected, but a lot can happen from now until Saturday, um, he, he would be a guy I would be tempted to go with. Especially since if I bring in Sosa, I feel like I have to sell him next week to get a performance. So I might as well go with Brennett, who might not start the week after that, but it's basically the same, and I'm I'm saving 1.6 million, and Sosa will be much more popular than than Brennett will. Yeah, that's you know what, that's actually a very good point to make, of course, with that game against Bayern on the horizon for Stuttgart as well. Okay, uh, let's move on to the next game then, uh, and that is Schalke against Wolfsburg. Now Schalke, they have gone an unwanted club record, 23 games without a win, only Tasmania Berlin, winless in 31 matches in the 1965-66 campaign, have ever endured a longer run. Who are you looking at in this fixture flow? Because Wolfsburg assets do look relatively attractive in this one. Yeah, you you could say that. So Maxence Lacroix, definitely one of the better um, budget defenders, 4.4 million. Uh, he never won a fewer than 10 challenges uh, when he played this season in the Bundesliga, which is a great feat and gives you a four-point baseline from points just off of challenges one he's also one of the targets after uh, after set pieces and for that price tag i can see me fielding a central defender which i'm not usually doing uh, very often because I, I like more players who have a role out in open play in the uh, attacking play of a team and that's definitely not what lacroix can do but he can provide you with value from challenges one and set pieces and yeah, that's the reason why he's on my list. And in midfield, I think Brekalo for 10 million is actually the the in, interesting choice for me, even more so than Maxi Arnold, I guess. Because with Brekalo, Arnold has a great floor, but Brekalo can have massive fantasy games. Um, I mean, Arnold can have that too, but it's it's much more unlikely uh, than, than Brekalo. With Brekolo. Uh he, he's like to, he's taking on shots, and um, yeah, he can score goals if he's in the starting lineup, and definitely in my consideration. Yeah, I think so. I mean, not forgotten is what he produced in terms of fantasy points last season. Josip Brekolo, especially in the early part of the season where he really hit the ground running, hasn't quite done that yet. But yeah, big boom or bust player that could. Win big, actually. Uh, okay, final game of the 3.30 kickoffs on Saturday. Bielefeld against Leverkusen. First time in 11 years that Leverkusen are undefeated after the first seven games of a Bundesliga season, while the man in red-hot form, Lucas Alario, he has scored a brace in each of his last three match days. He went from he went from not scoring in back-to-back -back games ever, Flo, to scoring three braces in a row. It's absolutely absurd. Um, so... We know we have a few concerns about him and whether he may start because he has been on international duty. So who's your player pick from this one? So if he starts, I think you can roll with him. Uh, I think that's not a bad idea. 
to to keep him in your squad or to get him um he's definitely one of the better options out there because just like we know that with strikers strikers can be streaky and he's on a hot streak right now and uh, the matchup is good so um yeah Alario definitely but he's obvious I think the guy who should be also obvious is Florian Wurz for 6.7 million like he he improved a lot and uh, I think it's it's time to for him to shine uh, on the pitch and in the fantasy game and for 6.7 million if he's in a starting lineup he, he's like a high likelihood of him featuring in my squad. Yeah, I had. To, I think I said this on the Patreon episode, but I had Vitz at the start of the season. I think he he was a bit slow off the blo- out of the blocks and I kind of ruled him out. And I think I may have been a bit too quick uh, to count him out because uh, he's come on strong again, even though he hasn't had this breakout, you know, 15, 20 point performance yet. Um, okay, let's move on to the Saturday evening game. Frankfurt against Leipzig. Flexibility is still important this weekend, even with the Saturday fixtures. Uh, and Frankfurt, Leipzig are our first shot at it. Now, Frankfurt have already beaten Leipzig twice on home soil in 2020 in the Bundesliga and the DFB Pokal. Meanwhile, Leipzig are enjoying their best ever start to a season after seven games played, five wins, 16 points and just four goals conceded. Question from a listener flow at Hafid FW. What should we do with Frankfurt and Leipzig players? Stick or twist? We've talked a little bit about Leipzig's midfield, but where are you at with Leipzig and Frankfurt as a whole? So Angelino, I'll, I'll bring him in. Uh, I think that's just no beating around the bush. He can provide such high value, even if he might get rotated out uh, more often in the future than we've seen so far this season. Um, still think I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with him and, and not overthink it. Um, but apart from that, I'm not sure that I'm going to have any involvement in that in that game. Pro- like probably no Frankfurt player in my squad. And I'm, I'm, I'm just not sure with Nkunku and Olmo. If we get a better grip, when it's get nearer to, to Saturday afternoon and I, I feel pretty comfortable with one of these guys starting, that would be my choice, Olmo or Nkunku. Yeah, that's it. I think with Frankfurt, you look at their next five fixtures, Leipzig, Union, Dortmund, Wolfsburg, Gladbach. I really am not keen on that fixture list and then you take yeah I'm, I'm liking how you include Union now with every, every time you mention them with having a club having a, a tough schedule just saying look they're playing Union uh, hey, Union were tough to play against last season I think they're tougher this season yeah. so maybe but, but <laughs> maybe I'm giving them too much credit yeah I, I wouldn't like they, they played like the last two games they played really really great That that's the truth. But if I'm not mistaken, the loss to Augsburg in this campaign at home. So first game of the season, you are uh, correct. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm yes. not taking that away from them. But they also didn't have Max Kruse playing at that time. So yeah, but <laughs> Max Kruse, Max Kruse's defending is not on top level. No, no. No, I'm just Unless saying. I'm just saying. That's defending not, a look, Nutella yeah, bridge. Yeah, come on. Like, there, there. He's pretty good. Yeah, but okay. If you look at Frankfurt's fisher list, if you look at Frankfurt's fisher list, if you go Leipzig and then Dortmund, Wolfsburg, and Gladbach, yeah. out of the teams remaining, like Union are one of the top five toughest teams to have outside of the teams I've already mentioned. 
this season, right? So, okay, yeah. we digress a little I'm bit. I'm just pulling a leg, <laughs> I know, James, I, know but I, I just think we shouldn't, after like two two outstanding games by Union, we shouldn't just out of the sun think that it's unpo- impossible no, okay. to play against Union that, Berlin. I, I think that's a bit quick. That I fully agree with. I fully agree with that. Um, I mean, Bremen is unbeaten in six games and we're not talking about shying away from Bayern assets, no. aren't we? <laughs> No, no, of course not. But therefore, I mean, just Frankfurt, their, their, their fixture list doesn't look good to me. Their form hasn't been good this season. They were missing Kostic and he would be maybe the only player I'd potentially consider, but I would have to see that he is impervious to fixtures before I bring him back in because coming back from an injury, uh, you, you just never know. Um, but yeah, and, and there's no need to go there uh, with the home match against Leipzig when we got uh, a Two Sunday fixtures are like better uh, in, for fantasy purposes. Well, before we get onto those Sunday ones, should we talk about the last Saturday one as well? Because that's Hertha against Dortmund. Yeah. Uh, now, the Classico was edged 3-2 by Bayern last Saturday. Dortmund, though, have never suffered consecutive league defeats under Lucien Favre, which is something that is worth noting. Uh, meanwhile, a note to Erling Haaland. Uh, he has scored 11 goals in all competitions for Dortmund this season at 79 minutes per goal not a bad record and so the question came from uh, a listener at Macesco says is Haaland a must-have I, I wouldn't necessarily say that um I guess he's good to go uh, with all the situation we have with the Norwegian international team they all had to quarantine and then they should stay at Norway but then they were allowed to go and Haaland was not quarantined then but I mean, we've seen that with the Ukraine. They all tested negative before the match against Germany. And two days later, they had like seven new cases. So, yeah, I'm like, it's, it's a bit uh, like of uncertainty uh, around Haaland. Uh, then I think the last three games, Hata actually did play pretty good. Uh, so I don't think it's a gimme that, that Dortmund wins that game. And it costs you a lot to bring in Haaland. And we've seen him disappoint in fantasy if he doesn't score. So that's a lot of points to, to regard. And I, I know, like, we all know what he can do. And uh, definitely he can score a brace or a hat-trick. That's, that's always in, in uh, the stars for him. But I'm... I don't feel like I have to lock Lewandowski and Haaland and then see who fits in. I'd go, I'll um, take players I like the most um, value-wise, and then I will uh, see how, how much is left in the bank. And then I'm, I'm upgrading my squad position by position with players I, I feel are not that great a value, but they give you the raw points you need. So that's the approach I'll, I'll take when I'm building my squad from scratch. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I've had a weird relationship with Erling Haaland this season in the fantasy world uh, in terms of the fact that I seem to have picked him when it hasn't been worth picking him and haven't picked him when it has been. And I think that's the problem. Him and Lewandowski look like this fantastic partnership. You think, all oh, right, the two highest scoring, uh, you know, players in the league come the end of the season. Most likely they surely will have a lot of fancy points. And I think they will, but I don't know whether you can really have this, you know, uh, 
you know, buy them and leave them approach with them um, anymore because the rotation risk. And uh, with Holland, I mean, one thing we need to talk about is the emergence of Yusufa Mukoko. Because if he starts, if he makes his debut and becomes the youngest ever Bundesliga debutant this weekend, then he could be this, you know, wonderful backup to Erling Holland, which means may mean that he gets less minutes and becomes less attractive as well. But I think nah. for that reason, that's why he's not a must-have. He's still a very good player to have in your team, but he's not a must-have. Yeah, I think that's in the short term as likely as Union being a shy away <laughs> matchup. I think you're, you're a bit quick with with jumping on, on special horses uh, today. Okay, all right. James. <laughs> if that's a phrase I can put that way and that makes sense in some capacity. <laughs> it makes sense to me. Probably not, but... Uh, yeah. No, okay, maybe I'm, I'm, yeah, I hope I'm almost being too meaning. paranoid. I'm thinking about the bigger picture too much when I should be focusing on the match day. I think that's kind of what you're trying to yeah. tell me. So I do understand what you're saying. You know what's going to happen if Mukoko plays and he scores like the, the, the whole country will go insane. Uh, will, and and yeah, we know what Favre will do. He, he will try to hide uh, Mukoko. That's bit. it. Yeah, yeah. Um, if he comes off the bench and does well. I, I think that's, that's going to happen. I, I wouldn't worry too much about it no okay a factor that maybe is a bit uh further down the line perhaps okay final question from this game uh from at underscore kai dus underscore how safe do you reckon Rainer is as a pick uh he says he feels like one week of data to see whether he starts on saturday and or in the champions league would help immensely yeah i, I talked about the dortmund midfield i no one's safe in the dortmund midfield um in the attacking positions not Sancho, not Royce, not not Reina. Hazard is also lingering there, so uh, that's definitely a problem. And I would lean towards Reina not playing just because uh, of his duty for the U- U.S. Uh, uh, international team. He scored against Panama, but like traveling around the world and coming back with jet lag and Favre having like uh, a boatload of options there. I, I don't think that he'll rush Reyna in the starting lineup. I, I could be wrong about that, but uh, Royce and, and Sancho and Hazard, they, they didn't travel that far as Reyna did. So it's just, just my feeling. And yeah, that, that's why he's off the table for me personally for this match day. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think we still like Reyna's value a lot, but yeah, the uncertainty does play against him this weekend. Okay, let's move on to those Sunday matches. Then Freiburg against Mainz. Now Mainz striker Jean-Philippe Mateta has scored five goals in three Bundesliga matches with Freiburg, making the Black Forest Club his favourite opponents. The question though, Flo, really is, is this the time to invest in Freiburg? Yeah, I, w- I would say so. Um, it's the best standalone fixture, in my opinion. And Freiburg also uh, plays at Augsburg next week, so you feel like you... You can, if you buy Freiburg assets, you can stick with them uh, at least for the next match day, which is always a positive. And I've got two players I like very much, and that's Vincenzo Grifo for 12 million and Christian Günther for 11.4 million. They're in an awkward price range. I usually don't have that much exposure to just because they are not that expensive and they are not that cheap um but i think they are both are great values and and i expect to have at least one of these guys in my squad if not two yeah i i would agree with you i've done the debate as to grief or gunter and i'll be honest i've changed them in and out about every couple of days um because i feel like doubling up may be a bit too much 
But I feel like one of them you need um, for the next couple of games because Freiburg do look good. So, yeah, fully agree with you there. Okay, let's close out the fixture list. Köln against Union. Sunday late game. Uh, now, Schalke, they've got a winless streak. Köln are on one as well. Uh, they are 17 games without a win, dating back to March. One more would be a negative club record. So the question I think here, Flo, with this one, again, it's the last fixture of the weekend. It's who do you trust? Which team would you rather invest in? Yeah, I think both teams have actually have interesting players. Um, with Cologne players, we have to keep in mind, it's similar to um, Stuttgart players. They're playing at Dortmund next match day. Um, that's definitely not ideal. Um, but still, the likes of Ismail Jacobs for $7 million, uh, he, he's a, a really, really good uh, value pick in, in defense, I think, and We've seen him perform even gegen, gegen Dor- uh, against Dortmund. <laughs> so, uh, in there. <laughs> sorry. Um, yeah, but so, so I think it's, it's definitely uh, a player you can get in. I'm not that high on Christopher Trimble anymore. I have to say that um, because of the amount of set pieces that Max Kruse takes. Uh, it definitely uh, lessens the value of, of Trimmel and he's not as underpriced as he used to be in the fantasy game. Um, so I don't think he's, it's necessary to bring in Trimmel uh, for, for that match. He's, he's still a good fantasy player. Uh, I just think that if Cruiser is playing that, that it lessens because he used to do a lot, of, a lot more set pieces than he than he does right now. And uh, yeah, mentioned already Cruiser, definitely a guy you can look at. Or if you think that Cologne, I think this could be a difficult spot for Union Berlin, was playing so well the last two games and now traveling to Cologne, who haven't won since 17 match days. Oh, what did you, 17 was right, I think, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, 17, yeah, yeah. That's always, could be that it's not, like that, and they not mentally at a hundred percent up for that game. Uh, as funny uh, as funny as it might sound, that maybe they they think it's a bit too easy. So um, if you you think that the match can go the other way, Sebastian Andersen uh, would be a differential pick up front, who's around eleven million, and uh, yeah, might be worth the price tag if if Cologne can get something going. Okay, well, then I'm going to stay high on Union because I yeah I can't see Köln really doing that well against this Union side, even if they are away from home. And uh, yeah, with with the game against Dortmund coming up, I'd much rather invest in Union as a side. I do agree with you on Trimmel, though. I think he's in an interesting predicament. I think he's better suited as a, as a fantasy owner now if Union are playing with a three-man back line. But we've seen them go between three and four yeah. enough right now that it's not this consistent thing that you can rely on with Trimmel anymore. And yeah, the fact that he has lost set-piece duties is not is not great, um, let's be honest. Yeah, not all. He still does set-pieces. It's just yeah. like if, if, if Cruiser hasn't uh, go too too much uh, to to the point of the set-piece, he, he'll, he'll take that as, as long as he doesn't have to uh, switch sides or yeah. stuff like that. It's also when Sherado Becker plays ahead of him on the right wing that Trimmel doesn't get far 
as far forward because Becker's so uh, not not as much help on the defensive end. So Trimmel really has to focus defensively. So yeah. now I'd agree with all those points, but I would prefer to invest in Union in this game. I think um, because yes, later on before the winter break they do face uh, Bayern and Dortmund, but their first three games coming out of this hiatus once again are Köln, Frankfurt, and Hertha. So not the easiest fixtures, not the worst fixtures, but it's. If you're going to invest in Union, you've got them for three games. If you're going to invest in Köln, you've only got them for one, uh, potentially, this weekend. Okay, let's move on to our players' picks. Close out the show. Vegas choice, flow. who are you going for this week? I'm going with Kramaric, just because he's... like. If you just take his performances of his last games he actually played, uh, he's one of the hottest uh, uh, Bundesliga players there is. Um, was a great scoring record. And, and, and just not sure how, how good Hoffenheim will play. And mm. like as a striker, he's definitely depending on what the rest of the team does. And his price tag is at 14.9 million. But he, he can pay off big. I've got no uh, doubt about that. It's just not like it's, it's the biggest choice. So it's not safe. But if you want to gamble, I'd gamble with Kramaric having a big game. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I would agree with you because I'll be honest. Um, when it comes to my third striker spot, my choice right now is between your Vegas choice and my Vegas choice. Your Vegas choice is Andre Kramrich. My Vegas choice is Valt Vekhorst. I didn't really mention him or speaking him up that big, um, you know, during the episode because I wanted to talk about him here for the Vegas choice because I was looking at. Wolfsburg's next couple of fixtures. I, li- I like the game against Schalke. Who doesn't like a game against Schalke right now for a striker? Uh, Weghorst is on penalties, and yes, he missed one against Hoffenheim. Wasn't great. But Wolfsburg, you know, they've got these standalone fixtures. And on top of that, they play on Friday night next week at home to Werder Bremen. So Weghorst, as a pick, does actually entice me this week because uh, it's also the fact that he plays on a Friday night on match day 11 as well, if I'm not mistaken. So the fact is he's got the first fixture in three of the next four match days, which is very useful. But the the, the debate is with him and Cranbridge. And that's going to be a tight one to call that I think is going to go down to basically the wire for me on Saturday. Uh, but Vekos, you know, three goals in his last uh, four games, worth considering, worth considering, I think. Um, how about your super Schnepchen flow? Yeah, it's Kimovic. Um, it's, uh, like, that's obvious, but still think need to be mentioned if he's in the starting lineup. Best value uh, in the in the fantasy Bundesliga. Yeah, I would fully agree with that, and I think it's kind of actually uh, predictable the fact that the next name I'm going to throw out is another Stuttgart player, and it's Borna Sosa at four million um, because I do fancy them against Hoffenheim, and I do fancy Borna Sosa to bomb forward uh, and be involved in the attacking threat if they do. The problem is I still agree with Flo that Klimovic, if you're choosing one or the other, Klimovic is the better choice given the fact that they're playing Bayern uh, next weekend. Okay, banker, Flo, you got down. I'm going with Leroy Sané. Um, maybe it's uh, the reverse jinxing uh, effect. I, I hope <laughs> that will take place. But I'm, I'm like, I... I Especially since many Bayern players had this uh, experience of losing 6-0 at Spain. And I, I think they want to get the bitter taste out of their mouths. And yeah, unfortunately, it's, it's Bremen that, that provides <laughs> yeah. the fresh taste, uh, I guess, uh, in, in the mouths for, for Bayern. And Sonny is at the forefront uh, of a lot of things that happened. Uh, and yeah. 
that's why he's my banker. Yeah, a very, very good choice, it has to be said. I have also gone with a midfielder, but I went with Lars Stindl of Borussia Mönchengladbach instead. Costs you 4.2 million less than Sane, and I do think he is going to be the uh, the big beneficiary when it comes to the injury to Jonas Hoffman and now the uh, positive coronavirus case for Alassane Player as well. I think Lars Stindl becomes almost irreplaceable in that Gladbach squad. And if that's the case, I would anticipate him being involved in attacking returns at home against Augsburg. Okay, uh, that brings us to an end of this week's Talking Fußball Fantasy episode. Uh, don't forget to follow us at Talking Fußball on Twitter. Give us a like on Facebook. And if you have not yet, join the Talking Fußball Fantasy League. For now, from me, your host, James Sorrow, Good Flow, and the rest of the Talking Fußball crew, Auf Wiederhören. Auf Wiederhören.